God, none of that recorded. (laughs) But now it's connected, so now I see the timer. That was the main reason, because I was looking for a timer, and I was like, where the fuck is that little timer that tells me how long we've been going? And then it was like, oh, no. (laughs) He's back at it. (laughs) Oh, no. Just got stuck inside a bag. Oh, of course he did. He did that thing (laughs) where he, like, walked through the bag and then got stuck in get out of here in the um the handle (laughs) oh yeah you know mine have been I have my since all of my like travel stuff is always out now uh I have this like really nice backpack that the shoulder straps just like hang out a little bit farther than usual Uh and when it's on the ground it makes like little arches and the cats keep walking back and forth between the arches (laughs) of the like backpacks um, well, welcome to Paranormal Captivity, where we just recorded a whole intro that didn't record. It didn't record. <laughs> That's okay. It's probably better that way. People will call PETA less on me. <laughs> I know. Have less uh, audio clips of you saying you're going to murder your cat. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Which I'm definitely going to do tonight. But <laughs> So going right back on in there. <laughs> We learned from none of our mistakes earlier. Yeah, he's just so bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we basically just spent like seven solid minutes complaining about how terrible cats are. I mean, they're amazing, but they're also the little devils incarnate. Yeah. And so we just spent like a solid. <laughs> well, I don't know how long because the timer wasn't on, but it was very long. It was like 10 yeah. minutes of us just talking about how evil cats are. Yeah. I mean, Aren't you a little evil? Chuni's being a little destructor tonight. So that was me talking about how evil my cat is in particular. Yeah. Well, we did wake up this morning to, well, I woke up to John screaming. John woke up to Shadow digging his claws into that like little in between of like nail and uh, toe. Ew. Toe meat. Gross. <laughs> he's so awful. But he also is now laying with me and he's being the most adorable little soft fuzzy demon. Yeah. But course. yeah, it, that was not a fun awakening. No, no. Shadow, you're a little nightmare. Yeah, for sure. Um, Tell us how terrible your cats are on social media. <laughs> <laughs> we want to feel like we're not alone yeah tell us your terrible cat stories so I don't feel like the worst cat trainer of all time <laughs> cat trainer there's no such thing there's no such thing I know <laughs> <laughs> yeah I feel like I've gotten Chuny oh. to the point where he like understands that he's doing something wrong I just don't think I've gotten him to the point where he cares um, I also have a fun, exciting little announcement. Well, bit of news. Hello. I so at the we were just uh, we're still touring with him. That's why we drink, and we were just in Ohio, 
And at the Cleveland show, I met one of our patrons in real life. That's exciting. Yeah, I met Jess. She was uh, in the, she came to the show and then did the VIP meet and greet. And I was like running around and doing a bunch of stuff, but then like ran into her backstage as she was leaving the, um, the meet and greet. And it was so fun. It was so awesome. And like, we talked about, we shared cat pictures, obviously. And we talked about, huh? I said, yeah, duh. I mean, what else would you do? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I know. That was, like, number one. Yeah. Um, yeah. We just talked about cats for a while. and um, But, yeah, that was really fun. Nice. Yeah. Also, I don't think we've even told anyone what we were reading this time. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, everyone. It's a surprise that I put on Goodreads, but also maybe no one else knows. <laughs> Yeah, who checks Goodreads? Sound off. <laughs> uh, cool people do check yeah. Goodreads. Uh, our um Goodreads book club, which actually full circle, Jess and I were reminiscing because Jess was the one online, um, really early when we first started, who was like, "You guys should have a book club," oh. and thus was the Goodreads. That's like what gave us the idea to start the Goodreads. Good thinking. Good thinking. Good Jeff. thinking for Goodreads. Yeah. Bahaha. Um, but yeah, so we are reading The Cat Who Wasn't There. The Cat Who Wasn't There. The Cat Who Wasn't There. Um, Which sounds more ghosty than it is so far. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, I was think- I was going to be really sad and like, oh no, the cats like got out and they've disappeared. But it's just because Quillerin's on a trip. Yeah, I only actually just put that together. Like I wasn't even thinking <laughs> about the title as I was reading and then was like, Oh, yeah, they're just literally not there. Yeah, they're literally <laughs> not there because Quillerin is on a trip to <gasps> Scotland. His home, the home of his uh, ancestors, because he's probably said my mother is a Macintosh or was a Macintosh 17,000 times already. <laughs> yeah, oh, absolutely. And I mean, that's something that he says a million times in other books also, but it's not as annoying because he doesn't say it like back to back. Well, it also doesn't really have context. So in the other books, it always is like a funny little non sequitur because he's so proud of it. Yeah. And like, it just doesn't really make any, like, it's just kind of a funnier thing to bring up out of context, really. Because he's so, but like now he's in Scotland, he's like going to Scotland and he says it all the time in the same way of like a, well, actually, have I told you yet? And it's like, Quiller and yes, you've told us a thousand times. No. (laughs) Oh, no. Get off your high horse. <laughs> oh, my. But I was really worried because as soon as we started this book, I was like, are they going to gloss over the fact that they led us to believe that Polly was in danger and they're not even going to address it? Oh, yeah, I know. In the beginning, like the first part was just like, oh, yes, this like wonderful trip to Scotland. And I was like, oh, my God, we've been talking about the fact that Polly got like stalked for the past how many weeks in a row <laughs> I know well like, that was like what... fucking be something I know I feel like that was part of the reason we like decided to go back to this book because we were trying yeah. different things, you know kind of like, bopping yeah, around we did some origin stories we did Mrs. Murphy just to test it out and we'll like definitely go back to Mrs. Murphy because that was great no, but sure. we were like what should we do next oh let's go save Polly yeah gotta save Polly gotta save Polly luckily Lillian Jackson Braun did bring it back around and while it did start out with a hook of being like oh the the um 
residents of Moose County went on a, a rollicking adventure trip to Scotland, blah, blah, blah. Um, it did actually start the story back in Moose County as mm-hmm. Quillerin's like screaming back into uh, back into pickaxe to to uh, meet up with uh, Polly after her scary incident from um, yeah. the cat who lived on Potato Mountains. The cat who <laughs> was who oh moved a mountain. What moved was mountain. <laughs> the cat who mountained? <laughs> I the cat who mountained. The cat who moved a mountain. The cat who moved a mountain. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, because if you'll remember, that book ended. With a little cliffhanger that was unrelated to the spuds and the taters of that uh, that book, Quillerin had just resolved a mystery, and then there was like a huge storm and flood, and he was going to stay on the Tater Mountains all all summer long, or like for like six months or something crazy like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, at the very end of the book, he gets a call from Polly, who's like, "Hey, so um." definitely just followed and like ran into my car or my house from my car late at night and this guy like got out of the car and it was really sketchy and now I'm okay but it was really scary and Quillerin's like stay right there I'm coming and then like drives you know 48 hours with his cats but (laughs) yeah well his first see my first instinct would be like oh sketchy guy like single lady sketchy guy like makes sense but Quillerin's first instinct was like Oh, she's definitely getting kidnapped for ransom because I'm so rich. Right. No, he definitely <laughs> thinks about himself first, which, like, are we surprised? I mean, no, but at the same time, like, maybe it's just because Polly is a desirable woman, Quillerin. Especially in this book because um, a little spoiler for, I mean, not that far down the line. We're, like, about to talk about it. But um, Melinda. Melinda? Miranda. Mo- Miranda? Oh god, they're so similar. Hang on. <laughs> let me let me M- check. M- M- Melinda? I think it's Mel- I think you're right. I think it's Melinda. Come on, Kindle app, open faster. I think I'm going to I'm going to go with M- Mel- Melinda. Okay. I think it is too. Good winter. She's a good winter. Yes. She is a good winter, yes. Yeah, and honestly, I don't really remember her from a previous book. Well, here's the thing that I kind of thought. I think it might be in one of those books that we skipped. Yeah, it sounded like it was maybe the one where he inherited all the money, which I think we... Did we read that one? No, we skipped a bunch because we were like, the cat who talked to ghosts we have to read that we want to read it now for sure i mean we skipped like three in the beginning because we wanted to read uh, i wanted to read the (laughs) cat who talked to ghosts and was like i need to read it now and you were probably like well yeah my god why can't i find her name in here anywhere she's like all over this (laughs) she's like in in every chapter she's melinda melinda you were right is that where i bet on i think so I mean, no, it's not. You're definitely (laughs) wrong and you owe me money. (laughs) For sure. Um, Yeah, so Melinda Goodwinter is back um, because we sort of, you know, get the background that her and Quiller and and we've like had little little bits of this in different books too, just hearing about that. We heard a little bit of lead up to that uh, at the end of The Cat Who Moved a Mountain when they talk about um, Dr. Hal having died. Mm-hmm. Um, Hal Goodwinter was Melinda's father 
and he was the like country doctor that everyone went to and when he died there was a lot of speculation of melinda coming back and quilleran makes a big deal about it because they were hot and heavy a while back well they were an an item he probably lustily breathed after her yeah but it also sounds like she very lustily and readily breathed after him as well like a little yeah. a little bit too hard for his liking yeah i think she kind of yeah she is very especially so for this section we read uh chapters one through four and uh she's she's very sexually aggressive <laughs> in uh in this entire section and mm-hmm. calls him lover the whole time even though they don't really they haven't really like reconnected at all until the end of the section we've read yeah um, but it also sounds like to give a little bit of background on her it sounds like she is also a doctor and is um i don't i don't know if i would say significantly younger than quillerin but like maybe i don't know if they give her age but it sounds like she is quite quite a few years maybe yeah even towards towards a decade or two younger than him Yep, no, I think they said that she's actually, like, 15 years younger than him. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Um, And that the reason that they broke it off last time was because she was very interested in getting married. Right, and he is a confirmed bachelor. Yes, except for Polly, who I I think it's, it's moving towards something, question mark, maybe, we'll see. Maybe. Yeah, getting a little. I I mean, I heard, I heard through the Great Moose County gossip, (laughs) through the Moose County gossip, that Quillerin said, and I quote, "If I marry anyone, it'll be Polly." Well, yeah, you heard it because you're right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he totally says that in this chapter. So I think it's gonna happen. I don't think they're gonna get married, but I mean, not in this chapter. But I think, I think they're moving towards official. We'll see. Well, I think their relationship is at a good place, in a good place, because Quillerin has, like, a lot of reservations about marriage because of the way his last marriage ended and because he was, like, very much in a low point at that mm-hmm. point in his life. Mm-hmm. And Polly, you know, at this point, he obviously is a lot different of a person. But Polly also isn't, like, pressuring him, and she's also very independent in her mm-hmm. life. Like, she is just kind of living her life, and it's like, oh, no, like, we're really compatible but like you know, we can leave it the way it is. I don't. She doesn't seem to yeah, have any like, but like reservations. Would, wouldn't it be nice for them to be able to like be seen together in public? That's true. They do still They're, do a lot of weird yeah. like handhold. They like shook hands. So basically, we're, like, <laughs> they like we clasped, haven't even readily clasped yeah. hands or some whatever they yeah. Like the first time Quillerin comes back after hearing that she's been stalked. He, like, runs into the library and is like, how are you? Oh, my gosh, it's I've missed you. And they shake hands instead of, like, hugging or anything. Yeah, because they're worried about what the, like, two people in the library are going to think. Yeah, like, all the old people because, I mean, they, like, installed an elevator so there are more elderly people in the library. <laughs> old people are quite gossipy if I learned anything from Albania. <laughs> well, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> yeah. But, but but yeah, I mean, I'm not saying that they need to, like, make it official to, like, have a, like, functioning relationship, but it would be nice if they could, like, stop worrying about how it looks in public. That's true. But, I mean, 
they also could just stop worrying about what it looks like in public. Not in the 80s, Eva. Uh, <laughs> or the, the 90s at this point. Is it the 90s? Yeah, I think this book was like 92 or something. All right. Well, not in the 90s. <laughs> oh, excuse me. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. I was obviously like three in the 90s, so I was yeah. not functioning in relationship fashion. <laughs> fair, fair. I did appreciate that there was, I can't remember who it was, someone in the, oh, I think it was the sheriff was talking about Quiller and, and Polly getting married. Sorry, I'm pulling Chuni off of things. Come here, bud. <laughs> um, talking about Quiller and, and Polly getting married. And um, he said something along the lines of like, oh, it's just like a shame to see her life wasted, her time wasted like this. Ugh, and yeah. I did appreciate Quillerin's response of basically being like, uh, say that to her face. She doesn't believe that. Right. No, that was really great. That was really like maybe one of the more progressive Quillerin moments. Yeah. Being like, yeah, I would. Yeah, because I think his exact words are something like, she would hate to know that you think that like she has a great career and like she has a cat and she has like a <laughs> life <laughs> she has a career and a cat what more do you want <laughs> i know what more do you want people <laughs> <laughs> that's also a t-shirt you got a career and a cat what more do you want ah <laughs> uh, yes but so yeah that um uh, initial meeting is kind of the beginning of this book so chapter mm-hmm. one starts with Quillerin coming back to pickaxe um and greeting polly in the library and kind of up getting updated on um what's happened with her since i guess it's been a few days it's been the amount of time that it's taken Quillerin to get back from the potato mountains potato um, mountains yeah i'm assuming that he drove from like idaho to wisconsin i could be wrong because they don't give states but that's that was yeah. my my assumption of the drive yeah, that sounds about right. I mean, I would I would guess something similar to that. Yeah. But so Polly gets so he, you know, obviously asks what has happened since and if she's seen any sketchy folks since then. And she says no. Um, but she kind of goes into detail about what did happen, which was just that she was driving home from the library, like a library function late at night. Well, I mean, probably not late, but dark. Mm -hmm. And uh, she notices a car driving behind her, which she doesn't really think much of until she turns down a really rural road where I think like maybe her house is like one of the only houses on the road. And she like knows all the other people that live there because it's pickaxe. And um, she turns into her driveway and the car also turns into her driveway. And so at this point, she's like freaked out because I mean, I would be like, calling 911 and freaking out as well but so she gets out she like books it so she gets out of her car she like runs to her she parks like really close to the um her front door and she like runs into the house and uh, as she looks back she notices that there's a man a bearded man getting out of the the car too of his car and like kind of coming towards her and she like runs inside bolts all the you know bolts everything locks herself in and uh, doesn't see anything else of him, I don't think. Yeah. And it's it's kind of unclear to me if she got, like, a really good look at him. Because when Quillerin's in the library, he, like, kind of looks out into the, the crowd of three people. And he's like, well, there's a bearded man right there that neither of us know. And she's like, oh, yeah, I that know. guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, it. I don't know. Like, to me, that was kind of like, uh, you saw a, like 
beat up old car with Massachusetts license plates in like you're obviously not in Massachusetts but you saw that like in the library parking lot and then there's like a bearded guy that you neither of you know in the library maybe start questioning there right I don't know maybe just me like no one else is concerned about this (laughs) no to be fair Quillerin is Quillerin yeah but I mean Polly certainly wasn't she couldn't put two and two together I know that did feel kind of not realistic of like I mean I would I think any of us would 100% like as soon as if you see someone following you you're seeing that kind of same person everywhere like I would be looking for them everywhere like oh if they were in my neighborhood before they're going to be in my neighborhood again Mm -hmm. so yeah so Quillerin does follow that lead the beard lead the beard lead bearded lead (laughs) the bearded lead and so he goes to his old friend Brody uh, Andrew Brody, the chief of police, the chief of the pickaxe police, which is like just him. I'm not sure we've heard of any <laughs> other police officer in this entire uh, nah, just, community. Just one. No, no, it's just one. <laughs> um, and so uh, he, they kind of have a little talk where he's like, you know, okay, this happened to Polly. We followed up. What else has happened? And he's kind of like, yeah, you know, we haven't heard anything else, but we didn't really look into it. And I think Quillerin even asks them to put a tail on Polly, like, th- that she knows about. Not, like, a sketchy, like, <laughs> oh, my girlfriend. Like, a keep her safe type, you know, yeah. lead. Uh, or, like, um, you know, uh, appointment. Yeah. And uh, I'm not sure if they do or not. I don't, I think I don't, they did. I don't know if, I don't think they did. Because I feel like that was also a request that he made of Polly when he talked to her that back in, yeah. back in Potato Mountain. He was, like, talk to the police get someone to start following you around and she was like nah it's fine that's right I think you're right yeah she was like really scared that night but then the next day was like you know oh I think she even said that she was like oh it was a lot less scary during the day which yeah which like for sure (laughs) sure yes but also like my the way my crazy brain works is always like it's gonna be dark again soon and that person's gonna come right on back so yeah Um, I mean I guess but <laughs> Quillerin's next plan, which I do think is, like, slightly overbearing and creepy, is to, like, buy or rent a mansion on the same street as Polly so that he oh. can keep an eye on her. He's yeah. like, you know, I, I need a, a winter home in Pickaxe. And, it, like, what? No, you don't. You already have a home in Pickaxe. Well, Julia, the apple barn is really drafty in the winter. So is the mansion. <laughs> yeah, apparently it's like a super fancy ass mansion. It's apparently, um, I think it's Hal Goodwinter. It's because I think it was Junior Goodwinter. Because yeah. another stop that Quillerin makes along Junior. the way is right. the newspaper. And Junior, our old pal Junior, is the one who's talking about. Yeah. Um, he's the one who's talking about Polly's road that she lives on now and is like oh there are all these abandoned like ro- houses there I can't believe it and then goes on to confess that one of the abandoned houses is his his own like families that he hasn't done anything with yet yeah well he I mean to be fair he just inherited it and he was like I just don't want to live in it it's going to be too expensive to like keep up with all of the utilities like it's so big like I don't I just don't need it right so they were talking about they were like oh wouldn't it be great to like rezone that hole and you know like put apartments in there so that people could actually live you know but it doesn't seem like that's I mean with like historic preservation and all that it doesn't seem like that's kind of the way that pickaxe is heading but Quillerin 
does decide that his barn is too hard to heat, so he should just go ahead and get a mansion uh, right outside of Polly's house. But he also <laughs> in the same town. But he also I don't think he does it, does he? Like I think they leave for their trip before he Yeah, even... no, he he does. It was a conversation that they had, but yeah, I don't think they like made anything official yet. He was just kind of like, Oh, this might be a good idea and Junior was like, Yeah, great. I don't want to deal with this mansion. Yeah, and then it was never brought up to Polly. Maybe it was quietly, and we don't get to hear about it. And Polly's just like, mm, no, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but because it is months later, like, it's a weird intro because it's like the first chapter is him coming back and, you know, kind of reconnecting with everyone. He gives, if you remember from um, the cat who moved a mountain, Quillerin bought those like fancy batwing capes for all of his women friend lady friends <laughs> all of his women all of his women all the women in his life um so he like distributes those when he gets back and yeah. um, polly so, loved hers she got the blue one yeah she did she really enjoyed I think. it she got the blue one i think so yeah yeah okay yes it was like a bright color she was like are you sure it's not too much for me yeah but then her other friend was helping her, like, has been helping her come out of her comfort zone in terms of colors. So we get uh, a little bit of, a little bit of that too, where she's like, "Ooh, bright colors, yes." Yeah, like I'm into that now. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, so the first chapter is like them kind of like all hit Quillerin, like reconnecting with everyone in uh, Pickaxe, and then the idea of this trip, the Scotland trip, is floated early. Polly is. Um, with her friend Irma Hasselrich of the law firm Hasselriches, I think. Yeah, and don't be deceived by that name. She's only 42. That's right, that's right. She's a lot younger than she <laughs> The entire time I was with, like, the first, like, four chapters the entire way through, I thought she was this, like, 80-year-old woman. Yeah, no, she's, like, Polly's age or... yeah. Yeah. So anyway, keep that in mind. Not important yeah. now, but <laughs> yeah, becomes important for sure. Becomes a little important. <laughs> yeah. So, oh yeah. So they decided like do to like head this trip, this like tour trip with with a group of pickaxe citizens, and like once they start rolling it, then the rest of like chapter two, I think, takes place over the course of like maybe like six months. Yeah, it did. It seemed to go like the planning of it seemed to go very quickly. But I think you're right. I think they just kind of like time lapsed it. Yeah, which also means that Quillerin could have bought a house in that time frame and did not. (laughs) (laughs) And just not told Polly. Just decided not to. Although we might just hear of that when we get back from Scotland. We don't know yet. Yeah, we're not sure. We're not sure if they're going to make it back from Scotland. I know. Guys, that's a little spoiler for what's to come. Yeah. What else happens before the trip? Um, so we get a little bit of intro into Irma's personality because she, so she and Polly have kind of become friends, but she's never really been interested in befriending Quillerin, it sounds like. And she's never, she's not like a trip planner by any means, but she does. Oh my god, Mushi just jumped up on the couch where Chuni is and he's not scared. Chuni! Oh no. <laughs> well, that was very short-lived. Oh no. <laughs> Chuni's laying down and Mushi jumped up and I was like, oh my god, they're gonna be friends. And Chuni just like wakes up, looks over, and bites his leg. 
what a jerk come on bud oh man shadow Don't does shit like that friends? shadow will like jump up on the couch where franklin's sleeping and he'll like go over to him and franklin will be so nice and he'll like start you know grooming him and then within like milliseconds shadow will be like have his shit franklin's like whole ear in his mouth <laughs> like what are you doing oh my god demons yeah absolute monsters <laughs> um so yeah we get a lot more like gossipy errandy back and forth in the town in the first couple chapters quillern does decide to go on the trip polly convinces him uh by saying your mother was a macintosh and quillern says yes my mother was a macintosh (laughs) (laughs) yeah he's he's convinced because they plan in like his his like ancestors hometown and he was like well i'll just go a day early and like kind of bustle around the city by myself and like hang out there for a while yeah yeah so he he plans that in and then it sounds like once he's in like 12 other people are like oh quillerin's in me too yeah (laughs) he's quite the popular fellow he really is well including i did like the the land speaks the land speaks were they the ones the photographers or the photographer guy from Oh, what's that other town's name? He was the one that Quillerin stayed with, whose grandmother died. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. In the horse one, the horse running one. <laughs> the horse one. Don't you remember? Yes. I remember. I just don't remember which book that was. I know. Me too. I don't remember yeah. either. It was. It was the one where. Oh, <gasps> I. Mm, no but i do remember that it was the one where polly was like maybe seeing this other guy who turns out to be a murderer (laughs) yeah who was also bearded but redhead bearded bearded. what is it with lillian jackson brawn and bearded men oh she apparently is very suspicious of them give her a clean shaven man i guess beards are super suspicious (laughs) yeah what else do we get i guess guess we get like kind of some of the gossip too of like we start to, like you were saying, yeah, we start to see Irma's personality where everyone's kind of like, oh, Irma, like, she's such a, I think they call start calling her, like, Sergeant Irma or Sar- Sergeant Hasselrich or something because she's, like, you know, yeah, she's not, like, quite very structured. Yeah, she's very type A, very, you know, she kind of plans this. We come to see, she come, she plans the itinerary, like, super strictly, it sounds like, kind of like not what i would enjoy it's like yeah it's like breakneck speed like a different town every day and like no time to unpack or like walk around right so you're right it's like a lot of people coming on this trip because they found out that quillerin's going and they're like Mm -hmm. oh well quillerin's cool yeah but we do also find out that melinda signs up last minute to come And then there's like a lot of the first couple chapters back in Pickaxe where Quillerin is just like really stressing running into Melinda again. Yeah, he's like hardcore avoiding her. And I think it's like when he finally does see her, he's kind of like, oh, phew, I'm like not attracted to her anymore. So (laughs) I know kind of like, is that what you were stressing about? Like you were thinking that you were going to like leave Polly for her or like regret that you're with Polly because you're like still into Melinda. Yo, I think it really was because even the way that it's worded all the way back in like the cat who moved a mountain, it's like, you know, he's, I think it is. I think it's a hundred percent like 
because it always words it like oh the like fiery young dr melinda goodwinter and like i think at one point it even kind of says that of like quiller and wonders like what his feelings would be like when he saw her again like that kind of thing but it does sound like she because she was living in boston so i guess it ended because uh quiller and wouldn't marry her and then she moves to boston and has this kind of like it sounds like a it sounds like she's kind of tough so it sounds like she goes into this like tough hospital and like has a has a time there and then comes back when her father dies and then she decides to take over his practice and mm-hmm. come back to live full-time in pickaxe so it sounds like some of the things that Quillerin was initially attracted to might have like because she was living a more like i don't know maybe she like had to harden herself a little bit more i don't know but it sounds like some of them more like because it even says at certain points like some of the brash her like brash way of being and like state the way she would like say things um is something that was initially attractive to him and now he's like oh that's like not what i want anymore yeah i think also being with polly he sort of has the like he's gained some appreciation for i guess the more like his age like more I guess relatable to him kind of conversational aspect and like intellectual aspects of it not that Melinda is not an intellectual I just think that he and Polly are more on the same kind of wavelength with what their interests are well yeah totally I mean they read Shakespeare to each other he loves her voice (laughs) they talk about shit Polly calls him on his shit too like yeah for sure she definitely does I think that's much more intellectually stimulating than probably the lusty breathing that he probably had with Belinda, which I mean, not to diminish that. I mean, that is a allure unto itself, but yeah, it sounds like for what he wants at this stage in his life, it's definitely more what Polly has than what Melinda has. Yeah. But that does not mean that Melinda's not going to try because every time they run into each other, she's very flirtatious to the point that like, it's actually super rude. The first time they meet, Polly and Quillerin are out on a date together, and Melinda happens to be there. Melinda, like, walks by their table and completely ignores Polly and just, like, saunters up to Quillerin and is like, hi, lover. And, like, has this super flirtatious tone with him where Quillerin's just being, like, very, like, oh, hi, like, his own little, like, you know, gruff and non-responsive self. Mm-hmm but i mean polly's right there and she like doesn't even acknowledge polly and then just walks away i think even polly is like what like just happened right so that's happening is there anything else besides the oh the other thing is that quillerin like part of the reason he didn't even want to go on the trip to begin with is because he didn't want to leave his cats which relatable yeah definitely like one of the biggest concerns when i leave to go anywhere is at this point who's going to feed my cats (laughs) yes or will they like i always am so stupid like we're traveling so much and i'm like will my cats forget about me you know like obviously get back (laughs) and they're like nope we have not forgotten about you but i still just you never know you never know their brains are so small i know and they're so vindictive (laughs) (laughs) yeah definitely um, but yeah, so he does, uh, he finds a cat sitter. I think he, who is it? Oh, Mildred. He has Mildred come cat sit. Um, our- yeah, who, for some reason, I was thinking, like, when I 
when he said Mildred, I guess it was because she was baking cat food for him. I thought Hixie, but it's not Hixie. It's like an older lady. Oh, yeah, you're right. Because Hixie was baking cat food for him at some point. Yeah, but this is not this is not the same person. This is not Hixie. <laughs> no, this is not. This is Mildred. Yeah, I think Mildred yeah. is like, yeah, I'm trying to remember. Yeah, no, I, I don't remember. remember. She wasn't introduced as a new character. But we all know how bad with names I am. So, like, True. half the characters that they've been mentioning, I'm like, mm, do I know this person? I think she was definitely in one of the plays that happened. Because I remember she was oh, okay. yeah, that a makes part sense. of that whole situation. Yeah. Oh, there's also another play going on. Oh, yeah. The play's happening again. They're doing Macbeth. Yeah. Which does kind of make sense because they're going to Scotland and, like, it's all just kind of tying together in a very Scottish way. A very Scottish way, yeah. But um, one of the big complaints is that Irma planned this trip like in the middle of rehearsals, and the oh, yeah. director and like Hamlet or wait, no, Macbeth. <laughs> what play are they doing? <laughs> yeah, we already did Hamlet. <laughs> um, yeah, like Ham- <clears throat> Hamlet and like like, a couple of other main characters. I'm not going to pretend to know the names of the main characters. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and the director of the play are all going on the trip. Oh, but you know what? You mentioned the director. We do actually meet the suspicious bearded man who turns out to... Oh, God, now I don't even remember his name. Shoot. But he does turn out to be just a newcomer to the town um, who is also kind of after Melinda which Quillaran is like godspeed yes please (laughs) (laughs) Um, but Quillaran talks to him a couple times and it does turn out that this uh, this guy the director comes on the um, the trip with them yeah wait I'm gonna look up look that up because I'm never gonna find it never mind (laughs) (laughs) I mean there so yeah I think that's it before they leave right yeah so we should probably (laughs) should probably take the time to look up the list of people coming because i'm never gonna remember all of them but there is a nicely laid out alphabetical list in one of the chapters oh yeah let's see if we can find that because irma is so on top of it she gives us a nice little list she does and you know what not to spoil anything, but that does become a suspects list. Suspects list. Murder. Murder begins to happen soon. Yeah, just one murder so far. Yeah, only one so far, but oh, here it is. Oh, I found it. Okay. But we have high hopes that there will be more. Because <laughs> we're terrible. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the Bushlands. John Bushland is the uh, the photographer. He was the one that um, lives in... Lockmaster is the next town over. Ah, he lives okay. in Lockmaster, but he's Quillerin's photographer friend that Quillerin... He, like, remember he has that big house that Quillerin brought the cats to? He, like, invited yeah. the cats over. Yeah. I like John Bushland. Yeah. Um, and he Quillerin also made, a like... A, yeah, he also might be a murderer. But Quillerin made, like, a special request that he be invited because Irma was like, who else should come on this trip? And Quillerin was like, ask you this guy he's a photographer oh, yeah and he had to like like a uh, petition for him almost because he didn't live in pickaxe and they're also like very specifically being like well who else would like gel well with the group we we have to like make sure everyone gets along and it turns out 
not everyone gets along. No one gets along. No, everyone (laughs) hates each other real fast, which, yeah, yeah, that definitely happens. Oh, Arch also is on the trip with Amanda. Oh my God, I love Amanda. Amanda is one of my favorites because she just is like, whatever she's going to be, she doesn't give a shit. Like, yeah, she gives no fucks. Um, also, for some reason, I thought that she and Arch were, like, married, but they're very much not, even an item. No. Well, they were. I think they have, like, an on-again, off-again thing. So, at one point, they talk about how right now they're off again, but how, like, they just like having fun together, and Arch is, like, really entertained by her, and she, like, they just have, like, a, a, like, a rollicking time together when they're together. So, I think right now they're just friends, but I think they've definitely fucked. (laughs) (laughs) and maybe are currently but not committing i mean that's 90s speak i kind of think so because they have the way they start talking about the trip they start talking about people's rooms and who rooms together Mm -hmm. and of course because the way things look quillerin and polly don't room together arch and quillerin room together and polly rooms with irma but Mm -hmm. amanda rooms by herself and everyone says it's because no one could stand to room with amanda but I think it's just because she wanted to party a little bit. And she wanted yeah. Arch to come hang out with her. Yeah, party with Arch. Party with Arch. <laughs> That's also a t-shirt. <laughs> I need to actually start making these t-shirts because I need them all. Um, yeah. Okay, so here's the list. John Bushland. Oh, we get some new characters. Ms. Zella Chisholm, which we'll come back to her. Yeah, Mr. I don't Ms. know who that is. Oh, she's just like there were two yeah i guess we can just say it now there was a pair of sisters and they actually were oh, okay. on the one older the, side one um, of the the bejeweled ladies yes the bejeweled ladies <laughs> yes they're like this older they like, show up they collect teddy bears and they show yeah. up with like jewels all over the place and like giant gold like teddy bear lockets and like whatever you call those things that go on necklaces <laughs> pendants (laughs) either one um and like obviously i'm not a jewelry person (laughs) clearly like what's that thing called it goes on your neck it's like shiny a collar (laughs) (laughs) yes um they also show up with way too many suitcases and are always late so everyone yeah, out, them. alligator skin suitcases oh, shit, yeah. they're very well off i forgot about that they are very well off yeah they like initially introduce themselves to quillerin by like being like where are the chisholms of blah 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 which i forgot all of it but it's very like official and whatnot and he was like i don't care i'm rich too yeah he's like it doesn't matter um <laughs> who else is there? the comptons are there they own a department store i finally discovered in this book i never knew because oh, okay. um, they're always sure. in the play too oh okay um polly amanda melinda irma mm-hmm. the land speaks or maybe they're the mm-hmm. ones that own the department store the land speaks and the comptons i always get confused um oh there's another new couple the mcwannells nope don't know <laughs> well he's the one that when they actually get on the trip he's Wannell McWannell is his name. Ew, is that the couple that called each other daddy and mother? Ew, yes, I think so. <laughs> I hated that. Yeah. And he's also one of the ones, there are two guys that are like very um like nitpicky of Irma. And like one of them in particular is always is like very mansplaining about 
everything that she like she's the tour guide so they go to all these different places and granted she has definitely overbooked them but she's also very knowledgeable and is like well here's this and here's that and like here's Mm -hmm. whatever and he's always in the back going well actually this is like this many feet and like this is this and like whatever so he's always like like, we don't care yeah everyone's like literally we don't care stop it we just um, want to go back to bed because we got up at five o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Which, you know, at one point there is actually a really interesting, like really little feminist add in. I don't know if you caught it, but it was like, I think it was a little bit later because I think it was under a different context, but um, and I don't even remember who it was technically who said this, but um, maybe it was Amanda, but someone was talking about that rivalry that the two of them had. And they basically were being like, well, Irma, when she was acting you know knowledgeable she was seen as like bossy and type a and no one really liked her but when this other guy was doing it it was just knowledgeable and like font like normal to people like leadership status right exactly and yeah like, that that was i did catch that that was after the murder it was after the murder because i just remembered why they brought that up we'll let you know yeah, in a moment is. Sorry. It was after the word, and I think it was actually Polly who might have said that. Maybe mm. it was Amanda. I don't know. It was one of the two. Well, you, you you might be right because then I think it was to Quillerin because then Quillerin says, "Well, that's ridiculous," and whoever it was had a great response because it was like, "Well, yeah, that is ridiculous, but that's the way that like pickaxe works." If you haven't noticed, which I thought was really insightful because it was kind of like turning that a little bit to be like, "Well, if you don't believe it, then whatever. Like it's real." Yeah, Dwight Summers is the new guy. Oh, okay. That's the weird beardy. The weird beardy. The weird beardy. Um, and then the other Chisholm sister is on here too. So that is our list of potential suspects. Because what happens? I mean, is there? Any, should we just say who it is now that we're in Scotland? Because I feel like, well, maybe we should keep going because there is a little bit of intrigue in like the dynamics of the group because. So Quillen goes a little bit early and right, like mm-hmm. like you said, he like putzes around a little bit on his own, which is smart because then by the time he gets to the group, he's already over his jet lag and everyone else is real struggle bus and hard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. And uh, so they do this thing where they have like they meet the first night and they have like a little cocktail happy hour where they all dress up and like mingle and hang out just to get to know each other in the group which like most it sounds like most of them already kind of know each other because it's pickaxe and it's small yeah but I did think it was funny and kind of kind of cute that Irma is like but don't like everyone shake up how you sit with each other like don't always just sit in like your clique like yeah you know the different and it does sound kind of nice so they like the way they set up the trip is that they drive most of the morning. They're all on a big like tour bus. Oh yeah, they're all on a right, exactly. With a tour bus driver who we come to kind of know a little bit later. Who we come to kind of be suspicious of a little bit later. Yeah, we do. He's on the suspect list for sure. <laughs> there are a couple people who are on the suspect list who aren't on like the full itinerary like list list of people. Yeah. Mostly just him, but yeah. Yeah, so they drive during the day, like in the morning-ish, and then they get to a pub and they have lunch, which sounds really fun to me, mm-hmm. and then they'll do like a tour of something in the afternoon and then drive some more and then stay at an inn that night. 
Yeah, and then do it all again the next day, which sounds atrocious. Yeah, that's the part that sounds really rough to me. Like doing that every three days, sure, but yeah, every day is a little would be a little bit much for me for sure. Yeah, but yeah, what happens? So we get a couple little like things that happen. I think this one thing is going to be more important, so I'm going to say it, but it doesn't seem like it's initially interesting or anything and it might only be to get Melinda and Quillerin into the same room and them have like a big blowout but there is a moment where they're they're touring like I'm not exactly sure what they're touring I think it's like they like work a castle or something yeah something like, some... like stone and built for people of the past aka short people oh right yes because part of what happens is that Quillerin is like going down some stairs or like through a little entryway and someone yells to him hey look out and we don't know who yells but Quillarin turns around and because he like takes his focus away from what he's doing he knocks his head really hard on this like low hanging like ceiling I guess or like little roof um and he like doesn't quite pass out but he gets like real (laughs) really uh Gets like a big lump on his head and his ego it's is all real cranky real fast. Yeah, he gets real cranky. Yeah. Because um, everyone's like, oh my god, how are you? And he's like, I'm going back to the bus. <laughs> he's like, leave me alone. He's like, no one look at me. <laughs> no one look at me in my lump. Not my head lump. <laughs> oh my god. So he goes back to the bus and then that night is when because he, now everyone knows he has this head lump and melinda they like people insist that melinda look at him that day like go to the bus and be like are you okay and then that night melinda shows up at his door in the inn and in the like, evening in the yeah. scandalous times in the, in the most scandalous time of the day <laughs> yeah and uh so she comes in like he she asks to come in I'm doing air quotes because she asks and then doesn't wait for him to say anything and just barges right in and Mm -hmm. uh he's like oh no thank you but he never says because like I was thinking this whole time (laughs) he doesn't say no (laughs) he never says actually no like she's like really crossing boundaries and like going a little too far and he he's just like you know the writing is like well he you know rebuffed her by like deflecting or whatever and I was like no he could rebuff her by just saying like please leave my goddamn room <laughs> yeah I'm not interested no thank you bye which I guess he does initially like finally get to the point where he says like no the answer is no but that's like she's already been kind of lounging about and drinking and then she finally like it's super bold she basically is like okay here's the deal I want us to be together I want us to get married at first I wanted us to get married like back when we were you know together before because I you know I was having fun but now I want a good winter air and I want you to be the the father and you can do whatever you want like we can still see whoever we want you just need to give me a kid and then you can go on your way in three years you can do whatever you want yeah she was even and then after that he was like, um, no. And she was like, okay, let me level with you. I'm broke. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and he's like, okay, extra no. <laughs> he's like, wait, why did you even, that's not a selling point. That's only making me say no harder. 
she's like hmm counterpoint I'm broke and he's like yeah counterpoint get out of here yeah like I I appreciate that you're willing to marry me and leave me my freedom but like (laughs) if you're gonna marry me take my money and then leave me my freedom thanks yeah thank you for the offer but I can also do whatever I want if I don't marry you (laughs) also I don't want children and I'm with Polly there's really no upside. It's almost like she comes in and is like, hey, do all these things for me. And he's like, okay, definitely don't want any of the things that you're offering. Yeah, because she says, too, initially, it's like she didn't know him at all, really, when they were dating. Because, yeah, she kind of starts out by being like, don't you want a kid? Don't you want an heir? Like, I could do that for you. Polly can't. And Quilleran's like, uh, do you know me? I don't want kids. I <laughs> was like, kids. very much no thank you. Which, actually, I'm just realizing that's a hilarious callback from to the very beginning of this book when he goes to see Polly and he has to go through the kids section where they're having like a reading time or whatever. And basically the whole time he's like, ew, 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 get away from me. <laughs> he was like, you. <laughs> yeah, I don't like children either. <laughs> Another point towards you being Quillerin. <laughs> yeah, I'm basically Quillerin. I get it. <laughs> But yeah, so basically Amanda offers a lot of, or Amanda, the Freudian slip. I, how dare I? I'm so sorry, Amanda. <laughs> Amanda would never. Amanda would never. Ugh, no, she would at least come like, if she had a proposal of some of that kind of sort, she would at least be smart enough to be like, here's the things that you get out of this. And here are the things that I get out of this. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. So Amanda basically like, Amanda, oh my god, hello? I'm so out of it. You talk for a little bit. I can't remember her name either. <laughs> Melinda. Melinda. <laughs> oh god. Well, there. I feel like there is a point every episode where we just have a little bit of a breakdown and this is it. <laughs> yeah. get it together oh my god i have a small already i'm gonna derail us because i thought this was really funny i so apparently when i like i've been really sick for like i mean i'm over it now but a couple weeks ago like really judy no (laughs) i like how we said let's get it together and we immediately are like (laughs) even worse off than we were a minute ago he's scratching my beautiful futon no I worked so hard on this. We can't have nice things. I can't have nice things. For anyone who missed this in our seven minute long segment that didn't record. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah. Julia made a futon cover and I made destroy it. Oh, Chuni is, and it's kind of my fault because the old futon cover was so shitty I didn't care if he scratched it, but this one took like a week's worth of like sweat, blood, and tears, like literally all three of those (laughs) things. There's actual blood on your futon cover? Yeah, because I stabbed myself so many times with those needles <laughs> as I was sewing. Like, literally, I'm not even Ooh. kidding. There is sweat, blood, and tears in this futon cover. I hate fucking sewing. Oh, my God. Gross. <laughs> and there's, like, I know. And I, like, hate putting in zippers. And this futon cover has, like, a three-foot-long zipper. Um, Excuse you, that is a charger. No. <laughs> Man, he's on a rampage, huh? He really is. <laughs> yeah. A total asshole. Get out of here. 
Oh my god. Laying on the pieces of my new sewing project. Of your broken life. <laughs> of my broken life. The shambles of your uh, all of your projects. Yeah, the shambles of all of my hard work and dedication. Oh, oh no. <laughs> uh, I saved you from Albania. Oh my god, nice John and I say that all the time, especially to Shadow, especially this morning, like when he does things like that. Like <laughs> hurt us we're like don't you like living here don't you like us (laughs) i gave you nice things i know let's have nice things together (laughs) oh my god oh actually that's a really good segue back into what we're here to talk to you about um (laughs) which is this book sorry dealing hard um so right after melinda comes in and like does her little little thing and Quillerin is like mm, no and definitely no and no 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 um she leaves and then I think it's right then that he goes and he calls um Mildred back at home to be like can I talk to Coco <laughs> <laughs> put my cats on the phone <laughs> which I fucking love so much because I have definitely made John do that too while we've been traveling and uh it's so fun because like he basically is like Mildred like how are they doing and she's like oh they're great like I love them they're so awesome and then Quillerin's like yeah can you put Coco on and like (laughs) she does and then it has this like amazing scene of like you can kind of just visualize both sides of like Quillerin's on the other end and he's being like Cow Kokong, how are you? Like he's like talking to him, like he always is so proud that he talks so intelligently to his cats. And then uh Coco apparently on the other end, you know, has like a moment of confusion and is like, Where is that coming from? Oh, it's coming from this. And then apparently he starts doing what Mushu does, which is headbutting the the <laughs> receiver, the phone receiver, and like starts chewing on it apparently, and then Quillerin is like hearing all these like crazy noises and is like, Ah, take him away, take him away. <laughs> I'll call later. <laughs> oh my which i loved very much um yeah and then i think it's that night isn't it it's or it's that next morning that the murder happens the murder i think it's that night um unclear well i think it's i'm the only reason i'm thinking it's the morning is because polly so basically spoiler alert do you want to say it or should i I would say it if I remember. <laughs> you forgot her name. R.I.P. R.I.P. the dead. Irma. Oh. Yes, Irma Hasleridge. Poor Irma. Poor they find Irma. out. I think so. The only reason I think it's in the morning is because so Irma has been sharing a room oh, with you're Polly. Right. It's totally in the morning. Yeah, because basically Irma, they find out has been spending her nights out with the tour bus driver out and about doing the dirty well we don't know what they're doing but we're assuming that she was having a good time with the tour bus driver yeah we're hoping she was having a good time with the tour bus driver and not getting murdered by the tour bus driver well Um, we don't but the tour bus driver disappears after this so we (laughs) we're pretty suspicious. suspicious yes they're suspicious of him but yeah, so Irma is found, and this is where her age comes into play, because apparently she had a heart attack, which I was like, oh yeah, totally, like, old lady had a heart attack, like, that makes sense. But she was only 42, so yeah, doesn't, d- that doesn't make sense anymore. Doesn't jive, yeah. Doesn't um, jive. I mean, possible, but like, come on. 
Right. So we basically find out because Quillerin is woken up by, I think it's like a scream. And I think it's Polly who like, there's a big hubbub over by Polly's room. And Quillerin's like, oh no, not, please don't let it be Polly. Please don't let it be Polly. And then he gets to the room and Polly's obviously okay. And he has this moment of being like, thank God someone else is dead and not Polly. <laughs> um, yeah. And I think they actually oh. hug. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. I don't remember. But, um, <laughs> Tell me maybe. what you're excited about. <laughs> um, I forgot that Mildred did a uh, tarot card reading for him. <gasps> I'm so glad you brought that up. I fucking loved that part. Yeah, that, this was backtrack a little bit to before to before the whole trip happened when Mildred came over to stay and like get set up and get acquainted with the cats. She did a tarot card reading for him and was like, "Someone in your life is in danger." Yeah, which he thinks he sort of, you know, because he's a, that was so back at the beginning, he sort of, mm-hmm. you know, rightly is like, oh, I hope that's not Polly because it's right in that whole time of like, you know, Polly being followed and like the beardy weirdo. Yeah, and, and she does that. give a, a description of the woman. She's like, oh, sort of like, you know, your age ish, like someone in your life who's like kind of you know i can't remember the words that she used but she was basically like you know very like to the point got it together like assertive maybe i don't know i don't remember if that's the word that she used but kind of like brisk and you know like whatever and he was like oh yeah that's definitely polly right right but like all of those things described mildred too as we come to to realize you mean irma oh yeah (laughs) yes you mean irma (laughs) i mean irma (laughs) um yeah so yeah so poor Irma and then um Melinda pretty quickly like call comes to attention because she um sort of drops the whole any other act that she's been putting on for Quillerin and is like I'm her doctor I'm leaving right now with the body like trying to get she was like there's going to be some red tape to get Irma's body back to the states but like I'm going to handle it um, so she kind of steps up at the mm-hmm. end there. At, I mean, unless she's the murderer and she's unless dealing with she's the body. The murderer. Ooh, yeah. We just don't know. And everyone is kind of like, uh, do we like keep going? Like, they're, it sounds like they're kind of like right. halfway through the trip, and they're like, do we stay? Like, this is kind of a downer. Like, all of these plans are made, but like, do we really want to keep going? Like, oh, yeah. you know. And so I think it was. Polly was the one who was like she would want us to keep going like I'm gonna like I'm gonna bring her plans and like make sure everything runs smoothly but this is the part where she gives kind of the lead role over to like what's his name know-it-all because she was like he'll be seen as like a leader whereas I will be seen as bossy that's right yeah which is like it's just yeah it's just so stupid but yeah obviously like I very realistic I mean I find that a lot in my life if I speak up in any sort of way that a man would like easily just be seen as like oh yeah like I'll just do this thing that this guy asks it's like mm-hmm. if I have any different tone it's like oh well this this girl's a bitch or like this person is like doing this like wasn't cool or you know something like that it's like no I'm just asking you to do something <laughs> yeah but yeah that's uh that was a definitely I thought was a really poignant and I almost wonder too because it does feel like these books have like at at this point I think the last one too um it it seems like there are more and more little moments like that in these books as they go along Mm -hmm. 
which is cool. Yeah. Um, I think that's all. That's almost it because basically, yeah, they do decide to stay. One of the, I think it's Larry Landspeak is given the the role, the main role of tour guide. Um, and then literally that same day, like they find her body in the morning, and then later that same day, they're all like walking around because that was actually. That it was interesting too, the um, schedule wise, that they had been on such a breakneck pace or at such a breakneck pace, and then that day that they find her dead in the morning was the same day that they were actually supposed to like have a day to themselves. So they were like not going anywhere for the next like I think it was going to be two days because they were all saying like oh we're so excited to like be able to actually unpack something tonight and mm-hmm. like not be like carrying our suitcases everywhere and not get on the bus so that same day they do all all go out shopping and like exploring the little town and whatnot um but there is also maybe it is not maybe it isn't the land speaks maybe it's the warnells or mcwarnells that are given the tour guide because a lot of people start dropping out of the tour yeah um, amanda drops out pretty quickly well, Amanda wasn't, Amanda was only ever really in it, I think, for Arch and for, she was going to go to um, the breweries. Actually, Amanda's reason for going was, like, my favorite. She she was the, like, oh, whiskey, yeah. <laughs> yeah, she literally from the beginning was like, well, I hate bus tours, I hate Irma, I hate, uh, like, what, like, all these other things. I hate groups of people, like, big groups of people. And she was like, but wait, we're going to a distillery, a whiskey distillery? all right I'll go like she's basically the whole thing she's like yeah I don't really like any of this but I'll do it for that yeah she did really specifically not like Irma too though I hate to say it but she could be a suspect too she could be a suspect you never know you never know because it I mean all the people basically all the people who leave I think are the most suspicious looking Mm-hmm. so yeah either way so the bus driver also oh that was the other reason they find out that the bus driver is gone is that like whatever morning it is they're supposed to leave this town he doesn't show up like he's nowhere around um and yeah and then like a bunch of people drop out and there were i think it was what did it say it said there were like 11 of the initial like how many people is this hang on one second one two three four five six seven eight nine thirteen ten. 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16 people. Oh. Um, and then, let's see. Oh, the Comptons. I think the Comptons dropped out. The Landspeaks were given the tour guide role. Amanda drops out. Melinda leaves with the body. Uh, I think the McWarnells leave, too. Yeah, I can't remember who leaves. I just remember a handful of people did and plus Amanda. Yeah, right. Plus Amanda, which I was bummed about because I was like, I want Amanda to stay. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of it, right? I don't think there was anything yeah. else. No, I don't think there was either. I think that's we left on the the murder chapter. So we'll kind of moving forward from there. See, see how everything unfolds. I know. We'll see. Uh. Yeah, and see if, I mean, more pressingly, if they get back in time to rehearse Macbeth. Yes, yes. No, I'm just kidding. But also, actually, Macbeth is kind of a saucy fucking play. Like, I wonder if they're going to do a kind of like what we didn't really pick up on all the way back in uh, The Cat Who Knew Shakespeare, if they're going to have any sort of like, you know, 
something follow like this storyline following the storyline of Macbeth in any way. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Lillian Jackson Brown does have more um, intimate knowledge of Shakespeare than we seem to. She certainly seems to. Yeah, props to LJB on that. Um, But you know what I just realized? Sorry, I think I just gasped into everyone's ear uh, very dramatically. I just realized Macbeth has witches in it, and we did have the tarot, Mildred reading tarot cards. Witches and tarots. Witches and tarots, which is kind of out of place for, like, we've never heard tarot or anything occulty mentioned in any of these books before. That's true. But I I wonder if that was like her in an easy way to like ease that into kind of because isn't that in Macbeth? Like, I I feel like the witches in Macbeth prophesies, prophecy, prophesies, prophesies, create a prophecy. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Um, About the deaths in Macbeth maybe i don't know okay well maybe i'll spark notes macbeth real quick this week (laughs) next time yes yeah i think that's it guys i have to admit i was very happy to get back to you oh my god no it's not it holy shit the other thing that we find out is that coco was up yowling all like night or morning or whatever time frame it was Mildred just happened to tell Quiller in that at one point oh yeah no she said that it was like at a very specific time he like yowled into the bathtub or into the corner or something and yeah. Quiller did the math and was like oh that was the same time that Melinda said is probably the time of death of Irma yeah and so the our like whole section kind of ends on Quiller and doing his ruminating about his you know genius cat and being like can Coco sense murders from across the pond or like across the ocean or whatever that maybe that is possible yeah yes (laughs) um oh but what I was saying before I actually was like I was starting to read this again I was like oh I missed all you guys (laughs) yeah (laughs) And I was like, but kind of bummed. Like, I'm glad. I do think that at some point they're going to go back to pickaxe and they're not going to be in Scotland the rest of the time because I was kind of like, oh, I don't want there to be no cats in this. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Oh, you know what else we missed too? This is ancillary and not like any part of the actual murder or gossip or really anything. But do you remember at the beginning? I just really liked the part where um, Quillerin is like, he joins the group initially and everyone's like how are your like days seeing all of your like family heritage stuff and he was like oh it was great I even found one of my like great ancestors I know that he was a cat man and they were like what (laughs) and he was like oh yes I found the like what was it it was like a little like everything in the castle was like meticulous and then there was like a bunch of these like weird little poofs that apparently someone knew that he like used for his cats. <laughs> <laughs> so it was even like Aww. this fun little like his- historical quiller in fact that like even his ancestors had been obsessed with cats too. <laughs> yeah, I mean cats glom onto whole families, you know. Take it down the bloodline. That would mean that's true. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> well thanks for listening, guys. Yeah. We're happy to be back with you, and um, we'll be back with the 
the second part of the cat who wasn't there next time and hopefully there will be a cat there (laughs) yeah we want cats we want cats give us cats now 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 yes um also please keep us updated on um the destruction happening in your apartment yeah was that part of the seven minutes too well i think mostly but i think we definitely heard about it at different points (laughs) (laughs) oh oops i just accidentally threw my hairband at chuni that's not for you (laughs) (laughs) oh cats love a fucking hairband it's his favorite toys i just find like little tiny hair bands all over my apartment like where did you even find these they're all hidden underneath my carpet oh my cats know how to i don't know how they do this but they i think they must like because i put them on doorknobs and i think uh they're smart enough to grab i've never seen them do this i would like want to watch them do it but i think they're smart enough to like they pull on them from the doorknob and like stretch them down and uh-huh. then they must let go and then they go flying and then they can chase them around the apartment <laughs> <laughs> yeah that sounds right right yeah yeah mine were all in like a little basket in my bathroom and Shuni has taken every single one of them out <laughs> oh. and so they're all scared I have like a like one or two I have like one hidden in my car like a couple in my office and like one or two in my purse but the rest of them are just like scattered throughout my apartment yeah I recently had to buy new ones because I was like how do I only have two hairbands left that's the real (laughs) mystery (laughs) yeah I mean I know where all of mine are they're all underneath all my shit like I'm gonna be packing (laughs) up my stuff and I'm gonna pull up this carpet and there's gonna be like 20 hairbands underneath (laughs) uh yes the things we sacrifice for the love of our cats. Yeah, all my hair bands. <laughs> and, and much more. And all my sewing projects. <laughs> and all your projects. And all my projects. All right, well, thanks for listening, guys. Um, you can find us in between episodes on social media. Uh, we are Paranormal Captivity Pod on Instagram and Paranormal Pod on Twitter. We are on Patreon, and you can uh, search Paranormal Captivity and find us there. And again, we're just so, so thankful to all of our patrons. And uh, yeah, it was so cool. Again, it was like, yeah, so cool meeting Jess. And um, yeah, we're just really grateful for all of you guys that support us in all the different ways. Um, What else? Twitter. Oh, Goodreads. We're on Goodreads. You can uh, go join our book club. And that actually was the one place that I did update the cat who wasn't there so those are the little easter eggy places you can find things when we are not smart enough to say them (laughs) on the actual episodes um what else i know we keep saying it but we really are working on merch uh i know i like them mostly i'm doing it for everyone but i'm also a lot of it doing it for me (laughs) i just want to wear a shirt that has cat mystery stuff on it I want one that says murder with like a bunch of E's for the U and a cat holding a magnifying glass. I think we can make that happen. (laughs) (laughs) How about meowder? No, I don't want that. No, does it sound too much like chowder? (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, it's all a work in progress. (laughs) Muter. Muter. That sounds too much like pewter. Yeah. Murder. Murder. Yeah, murder. <laughs> Guys, if you have a better idea than this, which it's going to be easy to do, let yeah, us know. <laughs> help us. 
Help us. Help. <laughs> and uh, yeah, as always, pet your kitties for us. And we'll talk to you next time. Bye. Bye.